Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. It's your girl Tara and we're having a solo episode today, just you and I to chat all things worship music and how to be discerning in the lyrics and all the things that we listen to. Before we get into the episode though, I want to take a second and thank you. Yes, thank you, sweet friend, for being here and for leaving a rating and review. You guys, not only do these ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts just bring me so much encouragement encouragement and edification and just excitement to keep doing this podcast, but it also helps other people who may need a new Christian podcast or are scrolling the podcast apps and are like, hmm, I need to find a new show. It really helps them see, okay, this is what I can get from this show. And so your reviews are not only helping encourage my heart, but encourage other people and also get the show to more people's ears because the more stars and ratings and reviews and all the good things tells the podcast app that this is a podcast that people should be listening to. And if it has blessed you in any way, I would love for you to take a few minutes of your day just to leave a star rating and write a few words or sentiments about what God has done through your heart through the show. 
Also, a really good way to stay up to date on the show and make sure you don't miss any episodes because sometimes, hey, maybe you miss the announcement on Instagram stories that there's a new episode is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you listen to your shows. This is an awesome way to keep your episodes just in your library so that you never miss it. Okay, I'm done with my spiel. Let's get into some of the top questions that we should ask ourselves when we're listening to Christian worship music. Now, this episode may kind of seem silly, like, okay, all Christian worship music is fine, right? I mean, it's worship music, quote-unquote worship music. But I think, especially as music has come out nowadays, there are some songs. I even asked you over on Instagram, at Miss Tara Sun, make sure to come over and join the fun and the daily encouragement over there. But I asked you guys a lot, like, is there a song that is kind of concerning to you? Maybe a song that everyone loves, but maybe you're not sure if it's biblical. I had a lot of answers like Drops in the Ocean, Reckless Love, some Maverick City music, which we are going to dig into later. We're going to do an example song together where we kind of look into what God's word says about the lyrics and just hold up the song to God's word, which is our authority and the best source of truth, as you know. But I think it's really important to not be skeptical and not always look for ways to pick apart Christian songs, but to be discerning, right? Because sometimes things that say they're Christian, we need to really be aware and be really rooted in God's truth to make sure, okay, is this lining up with God's word? Is this music, which is a form of worship, which worship is just more than music, by the way. It's really anything that honors him, prayer, work, singing. It's all worship. So in today's case, we're talking about singing which and worship music which is an expression another way to live out worship but again worship is more than music but in this case we're going to be talking about some of that music but it's really really important for us to take a look and say hey i am giving god praise and glory through my singing through listening to worship music and so i want to make sure that it actually honors him that it's not just empty words now I was thinking about this the other day, that every song, every worship song has theology, whether that's bad or good theology, meaning every worship song has the outside or outward appearance of giving theology, but we need to discern, is it good theology? Meaning, is it lining up with God's word or is it bad theology that doesn't honor God's word? Something else really important that I want to make a disclaimer about is that there are a lot of songs that we love and even some that kind of pose a little bit of a red flag. And I'm not condemning anyone about their song choices in Christian worship music or otherwise, because that's really a personal thing with the Lord. But I want to make this disclaimer and this important note is that the Holy Spirit can work through a song and he is above and beyond and supersedes a song that isn't written well or accurate, meaning those maybe young in faith or not knowing any better, that God can still work through that song and he can still, you know, maybe there's a verse or a phrase that is very encouraging to a listener. But at the same time, the theology of worship music should matter to us and we should be discerning. So I just want to say that first and foremost because I've even listened to a lot of songs and then later been convicted by it, but found encouragement in it before that conviction. And so I think we need to be very careful in our conversations and um, how we approach the Lord even about this because I've had discussions with some of my friends about the music they listen to and I'm quick to judge, not necessarily like tell them right off the bat, but in my heart, I'm quick 
quick to judge. And then I need to step back and realize, okay, Holy Spirit, I know that you're alive and well in that person and my friend. And so I trust you to do a work in their heart, however you see fit. And so knowing that the Holy Spirit supersedes a song that isn't written well, he can always work through it. Like Romans 8 tells us that God can use all for his glory, that he can even turn the bad things and he can repurpose them for his glory. So I'm reminding myself of this too, is that the Holy Spirit is the one who does the convicting in our hearts and in his own timing. But knowing God's word and holding all these things up to God's word by testing them to see if they're true is exactly what we should be doing. So we're going to be looking at probably about seven to eight questions that I have just come up with that have really helped me discern whether a Christian song is truly biblical, if I should be listening to it. I would encourage you to listen with an open hand, with an open heart to see, Lord, do you want me to implement this? I know some of it is personal, but a lot of it is just from a discerning viewpoint of God, please open my eyes to what you want me to see through scripture. Because again, we want scripture to inform everything, everything that we listen to, everything that we watch, everything that we see, everything that we say. And so these questions are just coming from a place of, is this honoring the Lord? Because that is what worship is. Okay, so question number one, and this seems like a lot, and I don't want it to overwhelm you, but maybe even just write these down or just have them kind of in the back of your mind when you're listening to worship music or really anything. Um, But the first question is, does this line up theologically with God's word? So this is kind of the big umbrella question, I would say, of the whole episode of all of the questions. This is what it really comes down to is that when you're listening to worship music, when you're listening to a specific song, think of one in your mind, maybe right now, maybe one you just listened to before this episode or in your car driving to work or to school. Does this song line up theologically with God, who God is? That's theology, the study of God and who he is, and his word. So in order to know that, we need to know God's word. And so later in the episode towards the end, we're going to do a deep dive into God's word about a specific song, a really popular song, um, actually a very highly requested song that you guys shared on my Instagram stories. But we're going to line that up against God's word and say, okay, does this ring true? Does this line up? Does this um, honor and agree with God's word? So the next question I like to ask is, am I worshiping? in spirit and in truth. So this idea comes from John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. And Jesus said that the time is coming that people will worship in spirit and in truth. And so he's saying this because the Old Testament law worship was only confined to certain ritualistic acts and all those things. But Jesus came with a new covenant and he said that worship is now not just confined to a singular act or things like that just within these confines, but that worship is really an overflow of our hearts is a way to honor him like we've been talking about. And so Jesus says, examine your hearts to see, are you worshiping in spirit, in God's spirit? And are you worshiping in truth, in what is true and what agrees with God? This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental 
clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. So the inverse of that is, am I worshiping out of guilt or obligation? Am I worshiping out of, you know, the world um, from the world's perspective and not God's truth? Am I worshiping out of um, legalism? Am I worshiping just any of those things? And so we have to think about, am I worshiping outside of the spirit? Am I refusing or ignoring conviction from the spirit? So any of those things that are contrary are not in spirit or in truth. And so I think examining our hearts and asking the Lord and the Holy Spirit to reveal our motives and say, Lord, I want to worship in your spirit. I want to worship in alignment with your spirit, with my eyes and my ears and everything ready to hear and see you. And then also know that I'm aligned with truth like we talked about earlier. The next question I would encourage you in is this about me or God? Ask yourself, is this about me? Is this worship song about me or is it about God? Which really means, am I worshiping myself or am I worshiping God? So I hear a lot of worship songs that I love and they're catchy and they're fun and they're from new and popular and rising Christian artists. But a lot of times I listen to the lyrics or I I catch myself singing it and I'm like, I am saying a lot of I, I am saying a lot of me or my, which isn't necessarily bad because there's a lot of things, so much that God says about us and makes us new creations and all these things we can praise God about who he's made us and what he's brought us into. But worship is not about self. Again, it's bringing honor and glory to God. And so a lot of songs really dwell so much on ourselves that it's not worshiping God. It may feel like we are, but we're actually putting the attention on ourselves. Okay, so the next question too is, am I worshiping for my feelings primarily? So I feel like all of these questions really go in hand to just really examine our hearts and if we're worshiping in spirit or in truth. But what I mean by, am I worshiping for my feelings primarily is that, It's okay to acknowledge our feelings, but we know from God's word that truth always supersedes anything that we feel or think. The truth is our reality and it's not subjective. And so to ask ourselves, am I worshiping just from how I feel? Am I looking for a high or, you know, like when you come home from a camp or you hear a really moving song, worship and and music and the way that notes and the composition of melodies are supposed to move us. And it's a beautiful thing to have music touch us that way. But for us to be like, okay, am I just worshiping from what I feel or am I worshiping and really telling my heart to believe what's true from God's word? And the last question I asked myself too is, do I tend to only listen to the trendy slash beat worthy songs because they're quote unquote in? So that's another thing is that like there are so 
there's so much music out there now. It's can be it can be overwhelming. So my goal in this episode is just to provide questions as a as a framework, as an outline, so you're not overwhelmed. But there's so much music out there. But for us to be like, okay, am I only listening to certain Christian worship music because it's just in and trendy, or am I listening to it because I believe it's solid and it's encouraging and it's honoring? And again, nothing wrong with the new trendy upbeat songs that are quote-unquote in but I think just to examine why we listen to them is so important because a lot of people for instance skip over hymns or some of these other songs that are less contemporary just because they're not in and so not discounting there's so many amazing songs out there I personally grew up in a church that we sang a lot of hymns and I think hymns have such theological depth and the words are just so beautiful and so remembering that there's so much and there's so many different avenues within music that often for a lot of benefit to us that's outside of the contemporary like upbeat music. Okay, so now that we have cleared all of the questions that I usually ask myself and just these discerning um, reflection questions really to help us remember um, where worship should really be centered in, in God's spirit and God's truth, let's look at a popular song in today's culture and analyze it against God's word. Now, okay, I chose this song because it was a popular one that was shared on my Instagram stories when I asked you guys if you had a song that you were a little iffy on or just you liked but you know weren't sure about some of the lyrics. And so again, if you love the song, it's not against you at all because there's some really great things in it too. I love this song personally, but it was fun to be able to analyze it against God's word. So we're going to be looking at the first verse of Jaira by Maverick City Music. All right, I'm going to read the first verse and then we will analyze it a little bit together. So here we go. It starts like this. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. Okay, so let's look at this together. Throughout the whole entire message of the song, if you listen to it, I'm sure you have. If you haven't, go listen to it. It's really a beautiful song. But the three kind of primary themes of this song is um, portraying that we are loved by God, number one. And number two, that God provides, God being Jehovah Jireh. And number three is that God is more than enough for us. So let's look at the first line together that says, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. So this really refers to that we can't be loved more or less due to performance. Numbers 23, 19, James 1, 17 really affirms that and agrees with that. And we think about it in this way too, is that God's love doesn't change for us because he doesn't change and he's love. So in that sense, that's very true. The next part that says, wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. So the wasn't holding you up part really refers to the fact that obviously we cannot change God's character. We don't determine who God is. God determines who he is. He is this all-powerful, all-sovereign being that doesn't need us but wants us. And so we see that from scripture that God is self-sufficient, that he doesn't need us, that we are not holding him up in a way. We are not giving him strength. We are not adding to his value or detracting from his value. But the next part that says, so there's nothing I can do to let you down is something that I wrestle with. So when we hear the phrase let you down, it usually means to disappoint or to fail someone. So when we look at scripture, Romans 3.23 tells us that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We all 
all make mistakes and sin is a direct um, abomination. It's a sever in our relationship with the Lord, right? That is why Jesus came to really um, break that divide and invite us into fellowship with him. But even when we do sin in Christ, it really puts up a barrier. It is something that God detests and hates. God can't be in fellowship with sin. And so in this way to say that we can never do anything to let God down or disappoint him or fail him, we do fail God in our sin. Like Romans 3.23 says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God and that even though we're new creations and we're holy and sanctified in Christ, we are still imperfect, right? So in that sense, there is a way that we do fall short, even, even a new creation in Christ. And this isn't to guilt us or make us feel bad, but to know Know that we are not exempt from personal responsibility of confessing our sins and turning away from our sins and striving not to sin, you know, to not fail God and not disappoint God. The next line, the last two lines of the first part of the first verse says, it doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. So here's the thing. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. So that really kind of refers to Ephesians 2, the first 10 or so verses when Paul is talking about how it's by grace we've been saved through faith and not through our works. And so they're saying really that it's not based on performance. It's not based on any trophies or accolades or achievements. It doesn't take a trophy, you know, winning or doing anything to make God proud, to make him love us. And then it goes in to say, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Knowing that God's love is fixed, knowing that God's love stays the same. That's really the message here. So the second part of the first verse starts with going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to calm me out. You would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer to me than you are right now. So that whole storm and waves and wind reference really references Matthew 14, 22 through 36, where we see, you know, Jesus and Peter and the disciples um, on the ocean and the waves when Jesus called Peter out, just really the protection and the provision. Again, like the main theme of this song really illustrates. And so that's where I really believe this comes from. That's the most popular waves and winds and storm reference and imagery in God's word. But then the last part of this first verse just gives me a little bit of pause. And that's the part that says, you've never been closer to me than you are right now. You've never been closer than you are right now. And so I have a little bit of theological issue. Uh, Issue is kind of a strong word, but just pause when it comes to this phrase, because this just makes it sound like Jesus or God, his spirit is aloof, that he's sometimes close and that he's sometimes not, and that he wasn't close before this verse, right? Before this stanza. And so verses like Psalm 139, 7 says, where can we go from your spirit? Where can we hide from your presence? God has been around since the beginning of time. His spirit, even in the Old Testament, before the Holy Spirit descended upon his people in the new church, he's always been there. John 14, 26 tells us about the Holy Spirit and his presence and his continual presence. And so that just, I know maybe is a poetic way to say that God is always close to us, that he is always there for us. But to say that God's never been closer than we are right now, that God's never been closer than he is to us in this moment is not necessarily theologically accurate. 
Okay, so that's all we're gonna go into Gyra. That was just an example from one of the most popular songs that you guys requested, and one that I thought would be a really fun one to dive into. And so I hope that kind of gave you a little framework for how to actually um, confront a song. I don't know, confront might not be the right word, but to how to look to a song and say, okay, does this line up with God's word? Is it worshiping in spirit and truth? Is it about me or is it about God? And so I would just encourage you when you're listening to songs, Again, I think sometimes we're over analytical and we're a little over skeptical, but also we need to live in that tension of being discerning and being careful about what we listen to. And so I just pray that these verses and this little example breakdown was encouraging and helpful to you to make sure that worship is focused on the Lord and not on us and not on our feelings and that we really look at the theology of it. Because again, we want to worship God in spirit and truth and we want to make sure that we are honoring him with our words because sometimes whether you know, worship artists and writers mean to, some of the words just aren't honoring the Lord and they're too me-centered and we need to just get back to what worship truly is. So I would really encourage you to take these questions, these reflection questions, and just kind of have them in the back of your mind when you're listening to worship music next. But again, remember that the Holy Spirit supersedes a song, not as an excuse for us to listen to bad worship and believe bad theology, but just to know that if you're still working through a lot of stuff in your faith, as we all are, we're all being sanctified and all being grown in the Lord or if you have a friend who may be listening to certain music that you don't agree with just trusting if the Holy Spirit is alive and active in them that he is the one that brings conviction and he brings that um, that correction that discernment in what you listen to what you see what you say all of the things I'm so glad that you tuned into a fun little episode with me all about Christian worship music. You guys, I love, 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 love worship music and it is so fun. I make tons of playlists. Worship is one of the biggest ways through singing that I connect with the Lord through through song. And so I know a lot of you are in the same vein. And so I pray that this episode didn't discourage you or overwhelm you, but also just give you a little reminder that, hey, like we need to hold these things up to God's word. And here are some just ways to analyze our playlists, what we're listening to, our radio stations, our Spotify, any of the things that we're listening to, just again, because we want to honor the Lord in spirit and in truth. I love you. I'm so thankful you tuned in and I will see you in next week's episode.